I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 367 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. This is recorded live on Sunday, July 28th, 2019. And yes, yes, we do have a full house for you here today. Willie was running a little behind, but that happens sometimes. We're glad you can make it, Willie. Uh, that is not my name. My my name now is Willie the Shunned, because you have shunned me. <laughs> so please explain. Well, okay, Anthony, can you explain how I've shunned him? Because I don't get it. Well, both of you all have shunned me this morning. We made fun of him. He feels bad about himself. He feels shunned. <laughs> oh, I don't feel bad about myself in the slightest, well, but I am still shunned. I don't think we'll call you Willie the Shunned. I think we're going to call you William the Shunned. Ooh, that I is like better. It. it does have yeah. a better a better ring Kudos to, to Yudos. That's yeah, I like Willie the Limp. Willie the Limp Okay. Works. Whoa, 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 whoa. If you know anything about me, that's not true at all. Oh, yeah. How's your foot feeling? Oh, we're talking about that part. Okay. <laughs> See? You take it dirty. You take it dirty. I didn't say nothing about you, you took dick. It there, Willie. You took no, it no, there. No, no, <laughs> no. They always take it dirty. Oh. I, I do have an old, old show clip that might be appropriate for us to continue here. We oh, should probably know, do actual show stuff instead of talk about Willie's dick. There you go. Old school. That's probably 100 Sh- episodes back. Shiny buttons. Oh, and, and the president's talking shit about you in the chat room. That's Happy Sunday. He prefers Willie with the limp Willie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes it is kind of nice when it's limp. Oh, why did we do this? Why did we and do gotta, this? And, and you got to thumb it in? You, see, you should know by now you... <laughs> <laughs> can't do that to me because you're just setting me up for you, you never learn you just gotta you just gotta let you just can't let me have an opening like that because i'm gonna take it no matter how bad you think that well you can't do anything with this oh i'm gonna do something with it and if you leave willie open he'll thumb something in there the yeah. thumb's only if you <laughs> if you're lucky it's just a thumb oh and it happened again yep why why dear god why to make you you did what you signed up with when you had me on the show in the first place. So like I was saying, everyone, welcome to episode uh, 367 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Uh, we're here to talk geeky things with you. And there are things in our backlog we still need to talk to you guys about. So we do fully intend to talk a little bit about Spider-Man Far From Home this week. We're only like three weeks late. So, oops. These things happen. Before we get started with the news, you guys have any... Uh, any opening thoughts for us? Anything you guys feel like you need to share before we start delving into the geekiness that's been going on? I'm no, just limping along here. Sorry, Will, I didn't hear what you said there. I'm just limping along here. Well, that works. Let's roll on in to the news of the week as soon as I find the right button on my soundboard because I lost it for a second. Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. So the news of the week, it's that part of the show where we run down what's in our minds some of the most interesting, geeky, and or nerdy news to have popped up in the past week or so, and then share it with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date. 
I was going to kick things off. I have one story I was going to say for the end as a transition point, but this one I just thought of as I was thinking, as we were kicking off the show that I wanted to share, is that, uh, hey, you guys know how AMC has their unli- well quasi-unlimited movie plan that was kind of modeled after MoviePass and Cinemia? Well, mm-hmm. Regal, Cinemas, Regal Cinemas is dropping theirs, rumor has it, on Monday, where it is a true unlimited plan, I think, here's where it gets tricky is they've got three different tiers of theaters depending on how big your region is luckily mine is in region three so for 1850 a month basically in my region it's unlimited tickets whenever i want to go see anything i can go see multiple things in a day things like that and the only catch that i have found with it is when you sign up you have to commit to a year with the service you don't have to pay a year up front but you will be paying 1850 for 12 months otherwise they will send you to collections because the way their terms of service is written up so It is not a month-to-month thing until after you pass those first 12 months. But it is kind of modeled after MoviePass, which we all know I enjoyed a lot. To go see all sorts of different movies whenever I wanted. However many times I... Well, no, not technically however many times I wanted to. I'd have to go to a different movie. But Mm -hmm. neither here nor there. This is Regal finally copying what MoviePass and AMC has done. And it seems... I'm interested. In my personal stand... In my personal case, rather... There's two theaters in town. There's an AMC and there's a Regal. The AMC theater is old. It's dated. It's crappy. The Regal is new and still nicer. And I'm like, you know, I'd rather go see movies there. It's also five minutes closer to my house. So for 18 bucks a month, I'm kind of going, you know, it's basically saying watch two movies a month and it pays for itself. I'm kind of okay with this. And then there's extra perks on top of it, like 10% off concessions, but I don't buy concessions, so I don't really care. I just think it's interesting to see that other people are moving to this unlimited model that we'd started to see with MoviePass kind of being the thing that kicked it off here in North America and then Cinemia following it up. And now you've got the chains that are deploying their own unlimited plans. So good thing, bad thing. Would you guys be signing up if you had a Regal in your area? What do you guys think? Uh, two questions that instantly popped Quest. up. Okay, now. Uh, first of all, now, is this fully unlimited like i can go see the same movie however yes. many times i want it is no, fully unlimited so it doesn't matter you can go see so the I, same thing you can't buy multiple tickets to one showing with your oh, yeah. subscription of course but you could go and be like i want to see avengers endgame every time it's showing today and you could do that and then i guess the second question oh that's actually pretty damn good second question is how how do these things actually affect box office sales i wonder because i mean if you're this is the sixth movie you're seeing this month and, th- I mean, it's not like it's going to... I don't understand. I don't understand how it does either. I mean, I sort of did when it came to MoviePass, because MoviePass was always sending money to the theater when you went to go see something. In the case mm-hmm. of what AMC and Regal are doing, this is them saying, hey, you're paying a subscription fee, and then you get your tickets based off of that. So, I don't know how they treat the box office for that. My guess would be they would report to the box office that you are a single ticket sale. Every time you go see a movie okay. for whatever time you go see, they would say that they charge you the price that they normally charge you for box office tallying, but you're not paying that because basically now you're a club member of a private club at this theater. Yeah, that very well hmm. could be. Uh, so I wanted to go and pull up a few things. They've actually got the website stood up yet, even though the program doesn't, according to Reddit, launch until Monday. You can go and see what the different things are. You can look up to see what your theater is listed in regionally because, like I said, they have three tiers. It's Regal Unlimited, Unlimited Plus, and Unlimited All Access. And depending on where your theater is, you might have to go into a different tier. So, like I said, in my case, my local theater is on the lower tier, which is in 200 select theaters, so it's 18 bucks a month. But say you were in 
New York City, you might have to go for the all-access plan, which is 24 bucks a month, basically, because of how they've tiered off theaters. So that's where they might get you a little bit. The interesting thing that I saw that how they are doing this is MoviePass is a pain in the ass because you can sign up and wait for a card to be sent to you. For Regal, it is you download our app and you sign up in the app, and then you can either show your tickets on your cell phone or you can buy your tickets on your cell phone and just go in directly that way. The other catch, though, is there's a 50-cent convenience fee if you buy your tickets through the app. So I will be cheap, and I will be going up to the front desk still and buying my tickets that way with the unlimited plan. Wait, even if you're using their app? Yep, that that was what I thought was a little weird, but I think what they're trying to get through is people just buying a bunch of tickets and giving them to people and tricking things through the app. I don't know how you'll do it, because when I started digging into the fine print a little bit more, part of what you have to do when you sign up for this is upload a copy of your driver's license to them so that they can say, hey... When this guy checks in at the theater, I see Chris Farrell in front of me, and then it'll pull up a screen that shows like the ID card that's been uploaded to them so they can ensure that you are who you say you are, and it's not like I gave Willie the login to my phone so that he could go buy a <laughs> ticket and pretend to be me. That's just the yeah. hypothetical here. Uh, this hmm. is also good for regular tickets. There's a surcharge of $1.50 to $3 for 4D, IMAX, uh, 3D, and VIP seating kind of things as well. 4D, is that uh, like D-Box? 4DX is what it says, excuse me. So I'm assuming that might be D-Box, I'm not sure. Uh, other perks they had on here is, like I mentioned, 10% off all food and non-alcoholic drink purchases. They say no blackout dates, watch as many movies as you want, whenever you want. A free large popcorn and soft drink on your birthday. And you will earn their reward, their, uh, their reward club credits for every dollar you spend still outside of just the ticket purchases. So if you're someone who sees a bunch of movies and Regal Cinemas is where you like to go, this might be worth it for you. Uh, You will have to look up your theater list online to make sure that you're in whatever tier is your preferred payment method. That's it. And I looked, and in Idaho, we have uh, the large Regal in Boise is the 23-screen one and the IMAX. We have a 9-screen one downtown Boise. And then in Nampa, the town I grew up in, that's two towns over, they opened up the Spectrum and the Gateway. So there's one out by the mall, and there's another one on the other side of town. So there's four Regals within the area. And when I had been using the Movie Pass, I was going to the Regal or 21 or 23, whichever the big one is here in Boise, because the Movie Pass didn't work for the VIP tickets at the Village. Right. So I couldn't use it there. So whenever I was using Movie Pass, I was going to the Edwards anyways. So, the Regal Edwards. According so, to according to their yeah, website, going to the same theater. According to their website, I just looked it up. All of the ones that you mentioned are in the eighteen dollar a month plan. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. all of them mm-hmm. are there, and then they also added in the Coeur d'Alene one way up north, but that's in the more expensive tier. But yeah, so every one of the Edwards that's around here would qualify for the cheapest tier, and yeah, I'd be going and seeing two movies a month. So yeah, that's totally worth it <laughs> and so willie i looked for north carolina i don't know which theater is your preferred one but all of mm-hmm. north carolina is in the unlimited tier so that's the 1850 a month palladium yeah i was seeing if this one uh, I, there i go to two of them one of them has recliner seats and is nice the other one has d box and i was looking at it, but the one with d box is on, is called the grand which i'm guessing is a whole nother thing but the other one is a regal at the palladium I do love that theater. I've been going to that one a lot because those recliner seats. I like to get in a third row because I'm already reclining back. Yeah, my understanding from their terms of service is to get those recliner seats, you'd be subject like a $1.50 upcharge. But but that's in all the – what about IMAX? Maybe I misread it. Let me go rewind. IMAX, there is is an upcharge. 
because right, so, they only have IMAX. The IMAX theater does not have recliner seats, but every other theater has right, so the recliner seats. Let me rephrase. Seat. Let me go and read the fine print again. Here, here is the fine. I'm print. not angry. Availability of plans may vary by theater. A surcharge of a dollar fifty to three dollars per ticket applies at theaters not included in your plan. Surcharges apply for Screen X, 4DX, IMAX, RPX, 3D, and VIP, as well as premium seating other than recliners. Okay, so you're good with the recliners. Okay. Some foreign language movies and special movie events may be excluded or subject to a surcharge. So my guess is it means those Fathom events that they do, they're not going to let you use your uh, Regal Unlimited for that. Yeah, that's fair. Now, side note, none of us are shills for Regal. It's just for me, Regal is the preferred theater in town. So I was excited to see that this was happening. It's been rumored for a while. There's already been a subreddit stood up for Regal Unlimited for like the last month and a half based off of leaks. And it is not officially confirmed, but the press has picked up that it's happening. And the rumored release, like I said, is Monday. So theoretically, if you wanted to, you could sign up that same day in your app and then go start watching as many movies as you want. I also have another question here. Uh, Would you you guys uh, consider yourself theater snobs? Define what you mean by theater snob first. Like, I don't want to go to a bad theater. Then, yes, I am a theater snob. It is why I avoid the other movie theater in town, because the seats are uncomfortable, it's regularly broken, or the projectors are half burnt out, so it is not the experience I want to have. And plus, when I went to go see Star Wars there, I got fucking chewing gum all over my shirt because someone had stuck it in the side of the chair before they left. And I was cranky, and it took 30 minutes getting that chewing gum out of my shirt. Oh yeah, that'll 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 do that. Uh, yeah, because somebody looked at me like, "Oh, you're a theater snob." I was like, "Yeah, because I want a good experience if I'm paying this money <laughs> to go see a movie. I don't want like the screen like, when I went to go see Far From Home. Like I could tell like the um like one of the, like the colors was like off in the screen like you know in the yeah. projector. So I'm not a theater snob. Only is that if you know if I go to the dollar theater that we have here and I'm watching a second run film because I never caught it in the first run and. I just kind of feel like catching a late night movie. I, I'm aware that I'm going to the beat up rundown theater and it kind of reminds me of the theater I went to as a kid. And so I don't mind as much like the seats are too small. There's not enough leg room for someone that's over six feet tall. Big. The the popcorn sucks, but like it just reminds me of being a kid. So I actually don't mind. I just don't go there often. That's more than fair. Yeah. But also, I mean, I, I think I mean, we call it the dollar theater, but I think it costs three bucks now. But like you know, they're, you know, they're showing stuff that's been in the theater and then out for like a month. So it's a second run theater. It's mm-hmm. the you know, it's the good place to go catch stuff right before it leaves. It's the places that always have like the the summer kids deals, like the Overland. We have the Overland Park Cinema. They're always running deals for you know kids movies during the summer. You know, and so they're they're showing second run films that are a lot cheaper. So you're not paying you know the ten dollars you're paying to go to the Regal. On an opening night, you're not paying the you know the twelve bucks I'm paying at the village for a VIP. You know it's two three bucks. So I, I'm willing to go there for certain movies, but yeah, I go in there knowing exactly what I'm going to get. And you get small crappy beat up seats. Popcorn's a little stale. Soda might be a little off. A little, little too much soda. A little too much syrup. Like it, and mm. you know it's a bunch of twelve year old kids running the place, being yeah. paid you know less than minimum wage. Like you know, I, I know what I'm expecting when I go to Wait. the theater. Did you just say the twelve-year-old kids are getting paid minimum wage? I don't even know if they're getting paid. They might just be volunteers. <laughs> they get at this paid point. movie tickets and stay. I'm talking about the twelve-year-old kids mm-hmm. running around. But anyway, <laughs> I have a two-dollar theater. I went. I've only been to it one time, and it was the worst fucking experience I ever had. They can claim me. I'm doing. I'm like saying bad stuff about fuck them because their theater sucked. It could be better now. 
I don't know. This world World War Z is when they were playing it, and that was terrible. The projector was terrible, but I mean, it was oh, it was doable. But the worst part about it were the speakers. It sounded like they were getting run through water because they were just so bad at sounding. I'm like, and this movie was terrible anyway. As in, I was looking again just to be sure. Yeah, the Overland Park one, two, three. Like they still have one dollar Tuesdays. So like it's literally like families can go and take their six kids to go see a, a movie that they didn't catch in the first run theater because it would have cost them a hundred and twenty dollars, and they can take their six kids and it costs them seven bucks. Yeah, you know? so, I wager their it, business plan is hey, we do cheap tickets. So these guys will come and buy a bunch of our popcorn and stuff. Yeah, so I mean, like right now they're showing Captain Underpants. They're still showing Dark Phoenix. They're still showing Dumbo. They're showing the hustle. They're showing ugly dolls, Pikachu, Godzilla. So, like the majority of it is family films. So, they're, you know, they're they're getting the people that yeah can't afford to take their entire family to go see a first run film opening weekend because it's fucking two hundred dollars if all the kids want popcorn. Like that shit's insane. Well, that's why I don't have a family. Well, I know, but I'm saying that that's why these theaters still exist. Then when I go to these theaters, yeah. go there. <laughs> that he knows. Don't, don't bring your little crotch goblins in my theater. Well, see, and that's why I like the VIP twenty one and over. Yeah. See, that's why I say if things or things are worth doing, they're worth doing right. Go to a nice theater where you know you pay a little bit more, other than two dollars or three dollars, and you actually get a good experience. I don't care about the popcorn because I don't eat popcorn. Because fuck popcorn. That's fair. So I'm I'm curious to see how this plan works. I'll probably be signing up if it comes out this week because there's some stuff that we wanted to see in the theater. And while the 50 cent surcharge to buy a ticket digitally through their app is annoying, I can see use cases where I would do it, which is, oh, this is I'm buying a ticket ahead of time for the next Marvel movie or something like that. It just makes it a lot easier if I can go through their app, make boop, done and not have to sit in line and worry about anything. And there is also another rumor that all of Regal Studio, Regal Cinemas rather, is starting to move towards reserved seating. So you buy your ticket and you also pick the seat you want. And if that's the case, then this uh, digital 50 cent surcharge fee to do that ahead of time might almost be worth it in my case. Because I'd be like, yeah, I don't even have to talk to anyone. I get the seat I want without having to wait in line and hope no one else grabs it. This is great. Now, that all assumes they Mm -hmm. go down that path. This is, again, rumors on the subreddit. And we know about rumors on the internet. It's true. Although those are always coming true. It's definitely worth checking out because, I mean, yeah, this was the theater I was going to anyways when I was using MoviePass. And I found out that, you know, I could find at least three to four movies a month that I was willing to go see using the MoviePass. Like, hell, there was one week I literally went to a movie almost every day. Like, I think I saw six movies in seven days right when I got my MoviePass because I had, like, there's a bunch of stuff that I hadn't gone and seen. So also buy my VIP tickets for The Village to go see, you know, my Marvel films opening night. And not have to deal with kids, but oh, this could be worth it for you know catching a couple of movies a month over at the Edwards. Yeah, uh, do the math how it works out for you. If it's cheaper to go and see two movies a month without having a subscription plan, do it. But if it seems like you see more than two movies a month, the subscription plans through their AMC or Regal seem like they pay for themselves in the long run. Now there are some trade offs, like the AMC one. I think limits you to three movies a week is part of their limitation. I think I'm not 100% read up on it, but in my case, that would generally not be a problem because it's very rare I would see more than two movies in a week. But hey, what do I know, right? As in, yeah, because I mean, you're not going to go every night of the week unless, you know, there just happens to be nine films that come out the same week that you want to see, and it's very unlikely. But I mean, yeah, going and catching like a movie on a Friday night and then catching another one like Sunday afternoon, like that makes sense. If you do that every weekend for, you know, a month, 
you go see eight films and it ends up only costing you 20 bucks. Like, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. That's how I look at it. So I will report back in, assuming it does launch. If it does, there's probably some movies I'll be wanting to go see this weekend. And where these subscription plans pay off, and I talked about with MoviePass, is it gets you to take a chance on stuff you might not normally see. So yeah. I'll get to go see more of those crappy, explosion-y movies that I go, man, I'm going to wait until that comes to Netflix, I think. And I used it to go see comedies in the theater that I would normally wait for because there's no reason to see a comedy on the big screen. Yeah, that's fair, too. That's fair. Makes total sense to me. So we'll report <laughs> back in and let you guys know what's going on with that one. I will eventually see Iron the, not Iron King, the Lion King <laughs> at some point in time, probably using this, assuming it drops <gasps> this week. Wait, yes, really? that would be Simba wearing an Iron Man outfit? Ooh. Perhaps, yes. Fuck you, score! The Iron King. The sad thing is it seems like Stuber will no longer be showing next weekend when that's out, and I really no. kind of want to see it. Oh, yeah, yeah that does look... I do still want to see. I might go see. However, comma Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw comes out next weekend, so I think I know what I'm seeing. All right, all right, all right. Quick question about that: Where should I start watching? Okay, stop saying that. How? Where should I start to watch the Fast and Furious movies? The when they actually get good. Fast and Furious, first one. No, I mean the crazy, over-the-top actiony movies. Oh, when they get bad shit. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, that's five. Five. Okay, get bad shit. Hey, so I don't think I need to know anything else before that, right? Um, all you need to know before that is they raced around L.A. Brian let the fucking I can't think of fucking Vin Diesel's character name. Which one's Brian? <laughs> Brian is Paul Walker. Oh, Brian lift lets Dominique Toretto go at the end of one because he owes him. Two, they go and try to take out a drug kingpin in Florida and introduce Tyrese, which was a fucking stupid movie. Three, they. Decided to wreck the franchise and go to Tokyo, and you don't know it at the time, but they also go back in time because something happens that ends up in time. Yeah, well, because a character dies, and then later on, you're introduced to that character in another movie, and he's not dead. Yeah, I think I remember something about that. I think I already have told that. So, five is where I need to go. Fast five. Yeah, fast five. If you want to get, like, if you actually want to know what's going on with the actual story with all of them, like, you can honestly hop on the Wikipedia and read, like, two pages and. But, I mean, it's going to tell you basically what I just did. <laughs> basically, Brian's a shitty cop and prefers being with his friends than, like, following the law. And then he ends up being a shitty FBI agent. And then Michelle Rodriguez gets amnesia. And Tyrese is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> just start <laughs> with Fast Five. It's your easiest bet. Yeah. Fast Five is, yeah, it's 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 when things started, started getting crazy. That's when they started becoming uh, what... um. Uh, all the guys on one of the podcasts do—they call it uh, the Black Avengers because the whole movie is just people of color, and basically by Fast Five they just have superpowers. They can they can do anything. Well, they literally say that Idris Elba <laughs> is Black Superman. Well, yeah, and it, yeah, in the new one he is Black Superman. <laughs> but yeah, it starts in Fast Five because that's when they introduce. I think Five is when they introduce the Rock. Yeah, wait and until yeah, the Rock comes in, and that's when it goes crazy. Yeah, that's when that's when it's just batshit. It's it's international batshit crazy. And some fast cars. Five, I think, is the Brazil heist. And yeah, that's when like it stopped being even slightly realistic. <laughs> but and, it's super fun. And then six is when The watch. Rock has a broken arm. And to get out of his cast, he just flexes. And it's fucking yeah. badass. Well, and, no, because he flexes. He looks at his daughter and says, Daddy's got to go to work. <laughs> and he flexes and breaks his cast off his arm. Yeah, it's, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, Will he, Jason he, Statham kicked him out of a building. 
the thing you've got to realize, Willie, and you've probably heard us talk about it, these movies are ridiculous and over the top. They're just fun. Just put all knowledge oh, of yeah. physics and how the world is supposed to work out of your head because it ignores all of that shit. But it's really fun. I, I remember a- watching the first one and I was like, oh, that's an all right movie. That was back you know, after it came out the DVD. It was like, so before the second, I went and I saw the second one. I think I don't remember anything about it. You're just as well. And that's about it. Oh, wait, I think I did see the fourth one. I think wasn't the fourth one just called Fast and Furious. Yeah. Which is fuck stupid title when the first one's called The Fast and the Furious. Well, like, it gets dumber. You because just took out does because that's eight, how you titled this. Well, Willie, it gets dumber because eight is fate of the furious. Come on. Let's be honest here. Well, yeah, no, because uh, that's all should just been called fate because then it'd be fate of the eight. Yeah, the way they the way they named them is is utterly ridiculous. It makes it funny when well, I listen to them on uh, Douglas movies when they have to get the correct title of the movie. Well, I mean, yeah, I doing like the Fast that. and Furious franchise is as hard as doing Harry Potter. To well, I don't mind the, the later correct. ones. Later ones are all right with all the name the names and the numbers, and that's all right. But then they just the Fast and the Furious, and the fourth one just called Fast and Furious. That's yeah. way too close. Like it's like what's the, the Final Destination and Final Destination? You don't <laughs> do that shit. It's stupid. Yeah, but it's funny. Because, yeah, it's The Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious. Uh, should have been fast, called Three Fast, Three Furious. Yeah, Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Furious Seven, The Fate of the Furious, and Fast and Furious Nine. <laughs> Which is, yeah, the to be, uh, to be announced with Justin Lin directing again. An untitled 10th film. <laughs> it's never going to stop. Wait, wait, tenth, wait. Was there a tenth one or a ninth no, one? On the on the Wikipedia, they have it listed that Justin Lin is on board to direct two more, oh, which okay. would be Fast and Furious Nine and an untitled tenth film. Yeah, The Fate of the Furious is the last one that's actually done in, in theaters. It was April fourteenth, twenty seventeen. Uh, Fast Nine is listed as May twenty second, twenty twenty, and the tenth untitled tenth film is listed as April second, twenty twenty one. So basically, they're working on two more right now, and we're going to get them two summers in a row. Because fuck yeah. And they're going to go to space. I'm telling you now, we're going to get to Fast and the Furious on the They moon. did an interview with one of the producers. The and like, well, we're not ruling anything out. Yep. It's going to be it... called Fast and Furious X. like Jason Come on. X. Machete went to space. If Machete can go to space, the Fast and the Furious have got to get rocket ships at some point. That's true. Like, they have to get a space shuttle. <laughs> I mean, everyone it's goes literally... to space eventually. Look at Jason. Look at fucking Leprechaun. At, at this point, it's literally one of the only vehicles they haven't crashed is a space shuttle in these fucking movies. Not they've wrong. crashed tanks, submarines. They've jumped cars from building to building. Yeah, when Chris is talking about ignore physics, there's a scene where Michelle Rodriguez gets launched off of a tank, I believe, and is going to splatter on the highway on the other side of a, like, uh, a gap in between two sides of a freeway. To save her, Vin Diesel's character, Dominic Toretto, Drives his sports car like 90 miles an hour into the barricade, launches himself over his car, catches her in midair, and to save her, he grabs her and rolls and lands and hits a car windshield with his back. And because he caught her, they're both fine. I remember that because that was in the trailer. Yeah, not like they wouldn't have fucking both still died on impact. But because it's Fast and the Furious and because Dom did it. They're both fine. <laughs> that, that's pretty much what happened right there. But yes, uh, if you do subscribe to one of these services, you too can go see all the Fast and Furious movies where they replay them as well and just enjoy and have fun. Hey, Don't tell me how to live my life. I won't and tell go you see Black Superman. Go see Black Superman. But hey, Anthony. And it still is better. 
Oh, <laughs> Anthony, what news you got for us this week? We got we got fifth seasons, fifth seasons, fifth seasons. Everybody gets a fifth season. That's that's mm. the news this week. So we had already been told that Lucifer was coming back and getting a fifth season, but Netflix did uh, did uh, did us all proud and made us even more happy. We already know Lucifer's coming back for the fifth and final season. They got renewed going into the writing sessions. They already knew it was going to be the final season, but Netflix increased their order. So uh, after three seasons on Fox, Lucifer was canceled because fucking networks just fucking hate shows, apparently, and hate their fans. And so uh, Netflix picked up Lucifer and gave it a fourth season for 10 episodes, which was it felt really quick because on Fox, they had done like the 22, 23 episode series. And so, you know, they took what had been, you know, really long, drawn out season long storylines and condensed it down to a nice quick 10 episode season, which was great. But for the finale going into the last episode or the last season, uh, Netflix has increased their order, and so we're going to get 16 episodes. So Tom Ellis and the whole crew is back, and we're getting 16 episodes for the final season of Lucifer on Netflix, which will wrap up the whole show. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's another one of the shows that a lot of people don't realize is based on comics, based on a Vertigo comic, uh, where basically um, Lucifer got bored of being in hell and kind of decided, well, fuck you, Dad, I'm going to do what I want. And he takes himself up to Earth, Cuts off his wings, opens up a nightclub, and starts making deals with people. And so, you know, being the devil, he just decided to go have fun. And he was sick of being stuck at work and figured, well, if he can do it and no one can stop him, why not? And then the consequences of those actions. And so after uh, after four seasons, the show is goddamn hilarious. Um, Tom Ellis and them made a, made a point uh, making it, even though it's on Netflix, um, the show still follows the guidelines that they were basically set for being on primetime television on Fox. Uh, they didn't make the show like extra graphic or extra vulgar. Um, in fact, they did increase the amount of skin that you saw in season four, but 90% of that was Tom Ellis devil butt. So it basically just made the ladies happy because he had spent a whole lot of time in the gym because he knew he was going to be naked in a bunch of scenes. And so, yeah, the, they, they added a slight bit of nudity, but it's all man ass. So it's, it's funny in the scenes that they use it in. And from what I have seen online the ladies approve so i don't know if we'll see more of that in season five but the odds are we probably will and yeah i'm definitely looking forward to that to see how they uh, wrap the thing up and any show like that where they've got really good base writing to start with from a fantastic comic and then you have a solid writing staff that's you know doing a really good job making a, a different media version of the same story it'll be awesome to see how they wrap things up knowing you know when when the writers go into a season knowing it's the finale you always get a much better wrap up than when it's like, oh, hey, we don't know if we're being canceled or not. So we should try and do a cliffhanger and hope that we come back, which was basically what happened at the end of season three when Fox canceled them. Hmm. It ended on the cliffhanger of the will they won't they that the whole show was set up on. And so, yeah, but fuck Fox. But speaking of other uh, <laughs> other um, goddamn channels that, you know, let people love shows and then cancel them. There was this awesome sci fi show called The Expanse on sci fi. And so, of course, what did they do? They fucking canceled after three seasons because it's fucking sci-fi. And they don't like they like airing stuff that they don't own right up until they would have to pay more money for it. And then they cancel it. So after three seasons of The Expanse on sci-fi, it was canceled and Amazon picked it up. And Amazon has now picked up The Expanse for a fifth season. So we got uh, season four set to debut uh, December 13th. And then uh, they're going to come back for a fifth season. From what I'm seeing in here, I don't know if it's a fifth and final season or just a fifth season at this point. But yeah, it was one that I had started watching and then totally forgot about. And I started watching it again on uh, Amazon yesterday. 
and made it back through the first two episodes. And yeah, I forgot. It's a fucking extremely well-made show. It's some of the best like sci-fi writing ever. And the whole, the whole premise is set up on, you have earth who has become one United government versus Mars, which is basically where we outsourced all of our military to. So the Martians are ex or are humans that used to, you know, that came from earth, but now colonize Mars. And that's where we make our, all of our military ships and all the badass weaponry. So basically, like, Mars itself is just Lockheed Martin. Like, it's an entire planet that we turned into a military production site. And then both planets need um, water and oxygen from minerals that are sourced by belters. And so the belters are basically the slaves of the universe that are living out in the in the belt system doing mining. And, you know, it's it's basically three different, like, groups of people all fighting each other in a Cold War. And then the the crazy shit that it that goes on between and yeah it's a goddamn fantastic show I forgot how good it was I restarted it yesterday and yeah I got through a couple episodes and I'm looking forward to watching all of it again and getting caught up because I think I didn't make it I didn't I think I finished season one and then I stopped and so yeah I've got uh, you know three seasons to finish now and season four on its way and season five coming so we're getting more of the Expanse getting more Lucifer more good shows on fucking TV and I'll have another one to talk about in the what we're getting into me too. So, I know Good SP. Television. I know SP is probably pretty excited about the Expanse because he was a big fan of it and bummed when it got canceled, and then was happy yep. when it was picked up by Amazon. And a season five pickup, probably good news. The rumor has that Bezos was a big fan of that show, which is why Amazon now has it. <laughs> well, that's one way to do it. Yeah, I know, right? Willie, do you watch either of these programs? The world. <laughs> negative. It's a negative. I didn't know if you did or not. I was just curious. I haven't watched either of them myself. No, you're good. I'm just saying negative. All right. I just don't want to. It's all right. Well, you, you got any news for us this week, sir? I do have a little bit of an update on uh, update, uh, update, Marvel update. Ultimate Alliance 3. Go for yeah, it. Marvel Ultimate, yeah, it was, uh, so Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, after playing some more of it, still haven't beaten it yet, but I am heavy into it. Uh, I'm going to be a bit more negative on it now. I mean, it's still a fun game. I'm having fun, but it didn't improve from even Marvel Alliance 1 or 2. Like, you just... <sighs> I remember when I was mentioning the alternate costumes last week. Have you yes. unlocked any, Chris? Uh, no, because I've not gotten to play as much as I wanted to, because life got in the way. Yeah, they are, uh, let's just say, uh, less than stellar. Like, they're just recolors of the current skins that's all they are what just are they recolors. gonna do put good ones out in the dlc or something so that you have to buy the dlc I've, to get good skins i've heard they're going to be putting them out later on i'm not sure if they're going to be paid for with the dlcs or not but that's still bullshit because the the skin like why even have it luke cage you couldn't even give him with a, like an afro like his original like you know his original character design no they just had what? his shirt bl- no, be blue Sierra? they just have a blue shirt instead of a yellow shirt oh, that's just sad the only cool one I've seen was, I mean, it's kind of cool. That Spider-Man looks like he's ar- like has the armor Spider-Man, the first uh, armor, where it's just like all silvery and that's black. Cool. That's the only one I've seen that's like all right enough. Like, but but it's just like a recolor. That's all it is. It's like what the hell, guys? Come on now. And uh, all these all these different um, currencies, uh, lack of a better term, to like upgrade stuff and everything is just. It seems like it's 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 like a, a microtransaction model. It's designed it's to make you grind, game. isn't it? 
Yes, yeah. I, that does not sound fun to me. It's not like a full-fledged turn-based RPG where like grinding is part of it. This is not one of those games. Like, give me the power, motherfuckers. I want to feel powerful. You're stopping me from being powerful. Why do I need little crystal sh- iOS shard things, like little vials of it, to upgrade it when I already have more than enough money? Already, like, it just <laughs> makes no sense to me. So it's to me, like, come on. To me, it read like what they'd done in some of the uh, free-to-play games that they had on iOS and Android, which is you could level up yeah. to a certain point, which is regular currency, and then you had to have like special crystal shards plus currency and special crystal shards. You can earn them in game, but it's a pain in the ass. Or you could go and buy them somewhere else. Here, you can't buy them somewhere else. They just want you to grind and replay. It sounds like a lot in this game. Yeah, it's just. And to unlock like the villain characters more like, except for Venom, you have to go through the um, the rift scenarios. Which I'm also disappointed in those rift scenarios too, because go back to Marvel Alliance one and two, like those little alternate things that you can do on the side that you unlock. Like I think they were like disc or something like a situation disc or something, whatever they were called I think I in talking the second about. one. They were all completely different. Like they had a whole like little storyline, everything. It was awesome. Like you had to be certain characters, and like this, they're just reusing what they've already. Like you've already been here, so now you just uh, do like a gauntlet of fighting a bunch like two hundred guys. Diablo three did like, that with some of their rift excur- rift events and things like that. So I'm familiar with the mechanic, and Diablo three does something very similar. Whereas you basically open a portal. And your goal is kill X number of people and then kill the big boss of that section and you get big rewards. And then some uh, some of them you have to fight a boss, but only like synergy attacks where you have to use your powers with another person. Uh, where you, there's a whole button for that and everything. And you have that's the only way to actually damage them. Otherwise, you're doing like two hit points. And that, but it, but also you do that, you do like a thousand, two thousand hit point damage. And it and it gets kind of annoying when you try and do one and the other character delays his attack so they don't attack at the same time so you just do limited damage and it's like well i just use this uh this mp for this so yay i don't have any more mp with this character great i gotta switch over to another it's like fuck like i'm glad they put the rift stuff in there but i'm also not liking that they just kind of whimpered out at it like it's just the lowest common denominator what they could have done like they could have done so much better with it I'm still having fun with the game, but and that's another thing too. Like, it is this game is designed for you to pick four characters and play through the game with them. Yep. Sure, that when you unlock characters, they're they're kind of like similar level where you should be in the storyline when you unlock new characters. But if you leave a character back, you switch over, they don't get experience at all. They stay at that. I my my Star Lord still at level seven. Am I ever gonna play with them again? I don't know. Like, I, maybe later on when I'm just trying to level up everybody. And maybe if I'm if if I'm gonna do that, I don't know if I am. See, that's where I think the first one's got things better. Is if I recall correctly, experience was shared across everyone, whether they were in the party or not. I'm not sure 100 percent about the first one. Uh, it does sound like it should, but the second one I know did that, where like it was kind of shared. It wasn't like shared fully. Like they're probably like a two or three levels behind you, maybe. But that's that's not much. But it was enough you could swap out a character and not be like, oh, I'm yep. going to die now. So now I'm with my four characters, and I don't think uh, I means if I play through again on the harder difficulty that unlocks after you beat Mighty Level, playing a superior, then I then I can't really switch over to my level seven character because that just make because then they're just gonna die. 
I mean, you could probably bring him into like the rift scenarios and like level him up like that. Just have him be there. Hopefully, they won't die because apparently the character you're not controlling because I haven't played multiplayer yet, Chris. Um, <laughs> hey, you uh, never reached out to me this week. That is more than fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I haven't really been got to play a little too much this week anyway. Um, yeah, they don't really take as much damage, but they also don't do as much damage. But you know, I guess the characters that aren't player controlled. So I'm guessing. I don't know. It's just a system that could have been worked on. Team Ninja, you could have done better. I'm giving this like uh, right now. It's like an average game. It's getting a five out of ten. That's fair. I mean, I haven't played enough yet to be able to give an honest opinion on it. What I've played, I've enjoyed, but I can see the seeds planted for a lot of the issues you've talked about. It's not good. It's not great. It's not bad. It's just average. It's right there in the middle. So I wonder if they're kind of aiming for what we had with the original one, which is the first game is okay, and then really it's the next one that would come after. Well, like, holy shit, this is amazing. I mean, the first game was kind of better because you had like four or five different skins for a character. That's true. I mean, they did kind of lock them in like they have like different attributes. Like, so it means like, so one costume was kind of better than all the others, like depending upon your play style. But I mean, it's still you had your choice. Like you could look past it. And who cares? Like you know, you're just like something cool. But reskins, yay! Just different colors. What That's did he fuck did he do? Yeah. I don't want a green Hulk. I want a gray Hulk. What you want is some Dead by Daylight skins in Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I also want some Dead by Daylight skins that not cost ten bucks. <laughs> well, that's why For we're getting the season outfit. pass eventually, so we can start unlocking stuff by just playing the game, right? Yes, I mean they should have done that so long ago. That's a free-to-play model and a full-price game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Then we're going to wrap things up. We did want to talk a little bit about Spider-Man. Before we get to that, though, hey, uh, this week it was announced that Spider-Man became the ninth film for Marvel Studios to cross the one billion dollar mark at the box office. It is now the first Spider-Man movie to cross the one billion dollar mark. Now here's where things get weird because of the arrangement they have with Sony. Disney doesn't get any of that money. Sony gets all that money. But hey, they made a billion dollars. It becomes Sony's second billion dollar film behind 2012's Skyfall. Uh, it's the third straight $1 billion film for Marvel in 2019, following Avengers Endgame, then Captain Marvel, and previously that, rather, Captain Marvel, things like that. And other members of their billion dollar club include the other three Avengers movies, Black Panther, Iron Man 3, and Captain America Civil War. So Spider-Man Far From Home made a billion dollars. Did it do it nice. all on its own? no because it's tied into the greater mcu and that's what makes it a lot easier to make a billion dollars that's why none of the previous spider-man movies made that much i would argue because plus yeah i don't think marvel minds that sony gets to keep the money from far from home because well they had tom holland in endgame so yes they got to play with their spider-man and that's what matters now of course the rumors <laughs> are going around that tom holland only has one appearance left on his contract as uh, peter parker spider-man that being the third sony marvel collaboration for spider-man movies whatever we call it I don't know at this point, but they need to sign him to a new deal because he's too damn good in that role. Well, since they are not paying Robert Downey Jr. money anymore, they can now afford Tom Holland for hopefully a 12-picture deal. Because if they're smart, they're going to lock that fucking kid down for two decades. And he did say at one point in time he'd play Spider-Man forever if he could, or something to that effect. I'm probably paraphrasing, but... Uh, yeah, I want him to do that. But I bring up well, how much money that movie made because we can finally get around to talking about said movie because schedules haven't lined up. Then Comic-Con happened and we never really got to deep dive into it and share what we thought about it. And 
I'm just gonna kind of open the floor. It's just an open exchange of feelings and thoughts. So who wants to kick things off for us? Sorry, I'm looking at Box Office Mojo, and uh, guess what movie hasn't made more money than Blade? X Men: Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, it's still five million under the first Blade film from 1998. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. <laughs> That's because it sucked. Far From Home, though, was fucking fantastic. And yeah, I... Oh, I so will iterate, spoiler alert, guys. Spoiler yeah. alert. Huge spoiler alert. Fucking the Mysterio upgrade... Right, since we're doing... ...is the best upgrade since Iron Man. <clears throat> they took a comic book character who was wounded in Vietnam by grenade shrapnel and built basically what looked like a lead coffin and fucking escaped out of uh, a Vietnamese camp. And they upgraded that to an arms dealer selling shit over in Afghanistan who builds the Iron Man Mark one and then fucking makes another one. And like, like the whole Iron Man upgrade was one of the best upgrades of any character they've done in the MCU. What they did with Mysterio is on par, if not better. And when I talked about the bowl, when he's wearing his special effects suit, he still has a bowl around his head. You get fucking Mysterio with a goldfish bowl around his head. That was the one thing we all wanted and they did it. And it was fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like so what much. they do with Mysterio. I thought Hall killed it. And I think uh, I saw this in, I think it was the Marvel Studios subreddit where I was uh, reading through some of the stuff that came out when they had the reaction threads and things like that. The way John Watts filmed it in a lot of cases, like they they play with the fact that everything's an illusion. And if you go back and rewatch, you notice some of it. So remember, you've got that scene where Peter's sitting on like the ledge and he has that moment with Mysterio where they talk back and forth about what Peter wants from life when they're outside. Well, Mysterio, the illusion version of Mysterio flies up in front of him, but as the camera's on Peter, it pans across like someone's walking behind him. There's no one there as Mysterio is flying up in front of him. What it is, is they treated it like Jake Gyllenhaal's Quentin Beck was literally walking behind there just obscured because of the illusion and put the focus on that. And you never notice. It just looks like a cool tracking shot. I thought it was little touches like that that were really enjoyable. Go back to the beginning of the film when Maria Hill and uh, Samuel, not Samuel, Nick Fury are confronting the first of the elementals or whatever. The damage that happens to their car, it's not fire-based. There's freaking bullet holes in the window. And you just don't realize exactly what happened until later. You're like, oh, the drones fired bullets. That's what was going on. There's yeah, which... That I'm still not sure I understand how all the damage is just guns and drones, but nobody realizes that when it's happening just because of sound effects, I guess. Sound effects and illusion and misdirection, I guess. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, the idea that yeah, Quentin Beck in the original comics was a special effects expert, but like he was like a practical effects, like Rick Baker type guy. He was a guy that built smoke and mirrors and made stuff, you know, look like it was there when it wasn't and vice versa. And the fact that they turned it into basically a, a guy with a team who is a CGI genius who uses, you know, holograms and drones to build alternate reality in front of the eyes of people that are right there. Like, that was a fucking genius move for them to make that change for him. Because he could have still just been a regular special effects guy. And they could have done that. And to tie things in from the other movies about this group of s former Stark employees that band together to try and get a hold of Edith, yeah. which great, Anna, great, uh, even dead. I'm the hero for Edith. That was pure Tony Stark. Was, but yeah, but honestly, Stark. who expected the guy from the original Iron Man who was yelled at Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave with a yeah. box of scraps to show up in Spider-Man far Tony from home. Stark. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that, yeah, it's the kid from Christmas story. That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so 
it was fun. And I think that's what Spider-Man Far From Home had going for it is it was fun after everything that had happened with Infinity War and Endgame where death, destruction, you're going, oh my God, what's going to happen? Half the population of the Earth has disappeared. How are they going to handle it? And how they end up handling it kind of for comedy purposes was interesting, but there's still other questions of like, you know, if I was on a jet plane when I got snapped or blipped, as they're calling it, then I just come back in the sky and fall to the earth. It, the one I saw on Twitter was, uh, what if you were on the table having open heart surgery and then you disappeared? Yeah. When you come back, are you in the middle of a hospital operating room with your chest open and no one around? Yeah. Because that would suck. So I guess it honestly <laughs> depends on how the Hulk phrased it in his head when he did his snap. Was it bring everyone back as they were, bring everyone back safe? I don't know. You could potentially yeah. try and loophole it that it wasn't just a matter of bring everyone back. It was bring everyone back safe. Yeah, I don't know. He would have he would have thought of that. Banner's a smart guy. He well, is a smart well, guy. Uh, hold on a second. Let's go back to to the very uh, the stinger of Infinity War here, when uh, Samuel Jackson's character you know, you know hits the car and got out. Yeah, when they get out of their vehicle, they see a helicopter just flying into a building. So when that guy, that pilot, comes back, is he just going to be in the middle of the air and just drop to his death? That's what we're talking about. We're not sure. Yeah. Depends on how it was phrased. I know. Odds are Banner would have thought to bring everybody back near where they were safely. So that pilot would you have see, appeared. You guys gave a hypothetical. Well, yeah. remember, though, Tony said we only do this if we can bring everyone back and not change what has happened. Yeah. So they've been thinking about contingencies of not screwing it up. So and, it's plausible. And there's no way for them to actually tell us the exact wording that Banner's thinking in his head when he snaps his fingers. Like, there's no way to say that. And so we have to assume that a fucking genius like Banner, who, let's be honest, never wants to hurt anybody. He is the guy who doesn't want to fight. He's the guy who doesn't want anybody to ever be hurt. And that's why he hates his powers. He would have thought that if that pilot comes back, that pilot's going to appear on the sidewalk near where that fucking helicopter crashed safely on the ground and not falling. People that were on airplanes are not going to appear in the middle of the fucking ocean. They're going to appear at their destination. Like, that's the type Aww. of stuff that Banner would have thought of. He's a nice guy. Give him a break. Mm. His girlfriend oh. died. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The Russo said, we don't care about that love story. We ain't doing it. Because it was dumb. It was yeah. awesome. You fuck right off of your bullshit. <laughs> It came out of nowhere. It was dumb. But yeah, the fact that, yeah, we call it the snap and they call it the blip. Like, the fact, the blip, like, it was probably the weirdest thing that we could have them call it in their own universe. Like, that shit was funny. Did you enjoy the, uh, the, uh, memorial in tribute video to the Fallen Avengers? <laughs> With, like, the cheesy music oh, that they made at the yeah. very beginning. Yeah. Well, that, like, there, there's your budget. You're going to get fucking some Whitney Houston to start the movie. Like, goddamn. That's going to cost a pretty penny. So it, like yeah, the, another another killer soundtrack. Which yeah, the last Spider Man had a killer soundtrack. It All was, the Spider Man movies have had great soundtracks. It was interesting in the regard yeah. to the fact that uh, the world at large thinks Captain America died at the end. They don't know that he went back in time or that he was fine when everything is done. The world at large considers him dead. Yep. Which and yeah, it, it it's one where I still need to go back. I want to rewatch Far From Home again. I mean, I basically I, just, I need my Blu-ray now so I can just watch it like ten times in a row, like I did. Or your Regal Pass, Homecoming. yeah, or my Regal <laughs> Pass, <laughs> like go, two weeks. Go rewatch it again. But yeah, yeah again, um, like one of the ones that got me is you see the the pseudo Easter egg at the end when he's swinging through the town with Mary Jane, where they had a construction site building 
that had a banner wrapped up on it that said one, two, three, and then where the four would be and say, wait till you see what's coming next. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're going to make you think that we're talking about the Fantastic Four, but we're not. (laughs) It's like, you motherfuckers. (laughs) Like, pseudo Easter eggs like Uh, that. I love that shit. I mean, the best part about the movie, and you guys already know what I'm going to say, right? Oh, I already know. We're going to put you on full screen so you can share your thoughts. Uh Uh Uh-oh. J.K. motherfucking Simmons. Yeah. Returning as J. Jonah Jameson. And the fact that they kept that quiet. Yeah, the fact that yeah, I had no clue going into the theater that that was the cameo you're going to get at the end of the movie. And that we got the the Daily Bugle podcast basically from the Amazing Spider-Man game is what he's doing, but they made it more like fucking um what's that hate mongers show? Alex fucking Alex Jones. Jones. Yeah. Uh, they basically made him the news. Alex Jones of the MCU where he's he's the he's the captain of fake news and outrage. And it's fucking J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, J.K. Simmons, I'm sorry. I love him, but he never should have been fucking Commissioner Gordon. They never should have tried to move him to the DCU. He is J. Jonah Jameson. He will always be J. Jonah Jameson. He's uh, I mean, he's our replacement that we lost Stan, and he's fucking perfect at it. Like, he's so goddamn good as that character that it's unbelievable. Like, everything else he's done in his career is great, but he's perfect as Jonah. He's fucking perfect. And yeah, and the fact that, yeah, we got the outing. Like, they end, they finally give Peter, you know, five minutes of happiness. And so then they crush his soul. It's, <laughs> really like, it's, it's so Parker. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see how they get out of it or what they do to get out of it. Because I, I don't know. I mean, uh, they're going to, he's going to sell something to the devil. He's going to sell his girlfriend to the <laughs> devil. Just now. Yeah. Let's not go down the one more day path because yeah, I still uh, have my issues not with that. You're welcome. You're if, welcome. If anything, he might just as people have been talking about, he might just be the next Tony Stark. I Tony mean, Stark didn't need a secret identity. It is a callback to Iron Man One. Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's just put the shoe on the other foot. It does also make Far From Home in the same way the Homecoming does with someone going, "What the foot?" and then the credits go. Yep. Which I also enjoyed. I also like the black suit. The new suit he built was really cool. Like all the textures and patterns to it, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I love playing it in the Amazing Spider-Man game because it fucking looks great on screen it as looks, well. It looks really good in the game. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to figure out how to best articulate this. I thought the movie was a lot of fun, but at the same time, I think it's mostly unnecessary for the greater MCU. Just like the last Spider-Man Homecoming film was, is you don't have to see it to know what all is going on or tie things in. But it's another fun romp in the MCU with characters you've come to enjoy, with Tom Holland as Peter Parker, with his supporting cast around him. I thought that uh, Zendaya got a lot more to do as MJ this time around, and I really enjoyed the yeah. character. I, mean, I don't know if it's necessary for the overall MCU, but they've definitely done a good job. The Spider-Man films have been designed to give you character building of Peter Parker. Right. Like, you know who he is because of these two movies. Like, we saw him you know, lift the building off himself to go stop the Vulture when no one was helping him without a suit. We saw, you know, that he is a fucking hero at heart, that he will do whatever it takes to save people. And then in this one, we got to see him make, you know, the the worst possible mistake because he didn't have faith in himself that Tony gave him the glasses on purpose. And so seeing him rectify that mistake while dealing with the loss of his new father figure, like, I mean, overall, do we need that to make the MCU go forward? No. But do we need that to see who Peter Parker is as a person? Hell yeah. yeah like, and, both and, these movies are designed as character building for the character, which I kind of love because it's it was the opposite problem that we have with Black Panther. 
every interesting character in Black Panther was every character except Black Panther. He didn't really do anything in that movie. These movies, you can lose everybody else, but it's all about Parker. Like, I, these are Parker's stories. I was not intending that as a criticism of it. I was just more oh, meaning no, no. that there are some that have made that argument. And you could legitimately say, if you want to just be there for the big events, this is just kind of fallout from the big event. You don't necessarily have to watch yeah. it. Now, should you? Yes, because I think it's a lot of fun. I think it cements Tom Holland as arguably the best Peter Parker and Spider-Man we've seen on screen. He's the best combo. Yeah. yeah. Who is starting this movie off as their first Marvel movie? Well, that's the thing. Very few people, I wager. At this point in time, there's very few people that are going and be like, I should check out this Marvel thing after 10 years of films or 11 <laughs> years of films. At the same time, though, I'm sure it's hella daunting to new people, though, too, to be like, I, I hear a lot about this, a lot of hype. Where do I jump on? What do I do with these? And arguably, Phase 4 might be the place to do that because they're kind of leaving everything behind with Endgame. See, I've never understood the lazy audience question. When I picked up my first Amazing Spider-Man comic, it was like issue 360-something. And I didn't complain that they didn't explain to me the origin from issue one yeah, but in issue 366. Com- comics have a more natural jumping on point built into a lot of things. The way these movies have been structured, yes, there sort of is. But at the same time, there's so many callbacks and references to other things that it becomes very hard for a new viewer yeah. to be like, here's where I want to jump on. That's the whole point of a shared universe, and that's what makes these movies great. If you don't want to watch the 18th movie in a series, go watch the first one. Iron Man's still on the shelf. It's still on. I, I don't you know, dispute that. A streaming so service. We are not normal viewers of these things. There's <laughs> probably a few people out there like, this is just too daunting. I don't want to start this up as much as I'm interested in it because of the time sink that it would be. That, that's going to be the problem you run into on some stuff. Does it matter? Well, no, Endgame, they're making billions of dollars. Yeah. I was say, Endgame made more money than anything, so we don't need those people. <laughs> now, what you said earlier makes uh, uh makes some good sense. Like you said, a good starting off point would be Phase Four, right? That's what I assume. Yes. Yeah. For uh, some yeah of the movies. Wh- so, so what uh, what makes comic books sell a lot more than normal? Uh, mega uh, events and variant covers. No, Reissuing a number issue. one again. Number one issue. No, that's what causes a one month spike in comic sales, and then ends yeah. up killing a series. Is reissuing yeah, number ones. It's still my point. It's still valid. But yeah, no. Phase four will be a good jumping-on point for certain characters, specifically for introducing new concepts as well. With Saint Chi, with the Eternals, um, with um, Jane Thor. Uh, see, I think Love and Thunder. That's not going to be a great jumping-on point. It'll have a lot of new people watching it because we are getting Jane Thor. We are getting Jane Foster as Thor, and getting uh, Thor as we don't know yet because he's not the king of Asgard either. So it's going to be weird to see what they do in the movie because in the comics, he became the All-Father when Jane became Thor. But right now, it looks like Valkyrie is basically the All-Mother, I guess, because so, she's the Queen of Asgard. So in the movie, so, I don't know how they're going to address that. So she goes, so how is it called? How's they still called Thor? Is Thor not called Thor? Whoever Thor became Odin's hammer. Son. Yeah, whoever holds the hammer becomes Thor. Thor is a title, basically. So what now, the fuck's Thor, Thor Odinson is his name because his first name is Thor. And when he held the power, he was Thor. And he is Odin's son, so his last name is Odinson. Yeah, I got, I got that point. But when Jane picks up the hammer, Jane becomes Thor. He doesn't so, lose his name, but that becomes her name. So his name is also a title. That makes... Yes. God, they fucked that up from the very beginning, didn't they? Well, that's would Odin put the curse on the hammer. 
That's very fucky if you think about it. Whoever is worthy shall hold, you know, and lift his hammer will have the power of Thor. Like you I'm become about, Thor. I'm talking about when they wrote that back in the day, like in the comics. That's kind of stupid. Well, that's just it's the way it's always been, and it's kind of funny because yeah, a bunch of people online are talking about, oh no, it's Jane Thor, it's she Thor, it's girl Thor, and Taika Waititi is like, no, fuck all of you, it's the mighty Thor, because that's the comic it's from, and that was the title of the comic was the mighty Thor. So yeah, so he's not going to call her Jane Thor, he's not going to call her girl Thor. If anything, he's going to call her the mighty Thor as a way to differentiate between the two. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like because she's a female. I'm just saying because the whole name thing is stupid yeah. as shit. Why is he called Thor? And it's also a title Thor. That's what makes no sense to me. And it's stupid. It was weird when they did it in the comics too. But I mean, it it kind of makes sense if you look at the way the actual curse is written on the hammer. That basically whoever lifts it becomes Thor. Like technically, in any I thought they just become his body. <laughs> no, they just get his power. But I mean, technically, in Endgame, Steve Rogers was Thor. He lifted the hammer. He is worthy. He became Thor. He had all the powers and rights and responsibility of an Asgardian god during that fight with Thanos. So he became because Cap Thor. Yeah, he became Cap Thor. So, I mean, we have to put another designation on it just because if you have nine characters and they're all called Thor, it gets a little confusing. But yeah, technically, anybody who, technically, anybody who lifts the hammer is Thor because it's the title that goes along with the abilities as well as Thor Odinson's first name. So that's where it does get confusing. But either way, it's going to be fun because apparently Natalie Portman, you know, was mad about the, I, I believe it was, there was a female director coming in for part two of Thor Dark World that she was really looking forward to. And Patty something Jenkins happened where, was supposed to be doing Was it, it Patty Jenkins? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So something happened where they didn't get the director she wanted. And I guess that's why Natalie Portman was pissed off about the movies and didn't want to come back. And, uh, but I mean, apparently working with Taika Waititi, solves the problem because it seems like everybody in the world loves him. So, I mean, they got Natalie Portman back and we're getting another floor from Taika. So like, I'm fucking stoked. Like we're, we get, we get queen Valkyrie. We, we don't know what Thor himself is going to look like in this movie. Cause is, is he on the guardian ship with the Bowflex? Like are him and fucking Pratt, like doing a workout this takes montage place before guardians though. Was it, but we don't know. Taika said it does. And so did James Gunn. So it's yeah, going to be a Thor namesake list uh, Thor movie. No, yeah, because I'm betting Thor's still going to be in it at some point. We just don't know when or how. I don't know if he is. Maybe it's just going to be a stinger. It could be. We watch it. Just one of the stingers, we, just him on the uh, on the um, on the ship uh, with the Guardians, and just going, huh? On the I wonder what's going on back at Asgard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just him and Chris Pratt doing push-ups. Because you know, there's got to be a scene where they like you know fight against each other to get back into shape. Because Star Lord's one sandwich short of being fat, and now Thor is fat, but now they're now they're the Asgardians of the galaxy together. Like they they've got to do something with that. That's gonna be fucking fun. So he got but tired yeah. of that wig, but did he get tired <laughs> of that fat suit? Well, I was watching one of the cut scenes where they were showing him put it on, and he said it was like sixty pounds, and it was the most he ever sweated in any of these films was wearing that fat suit. So I'm betting he's probably not gonna want to wear that as much as he doesn't have to. You know as soon as I he think, can get out of it, he's probably gonna be real happy to not wear it. You know who I think is gonna have a worse who had a worse time? Probably Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh was it Batman and Robin? Uh yeah, that'd be miserable. Because I mean yeah. he also had that blue paint on yeah. top of that big ass. Yeah, face arm. covered in paint and then covered in a giant body armor. Yeah, that would not be a fun day at work. And contact too. Then again, he got paid like 
a million dollars a second that he was on screen for that movie. So he got paid for going through the the hassle of wearing that suit. And plus, I mean, from all the outtakes and everything I've seen, the 60-pound bodysuit probably sucked. But Chris Hemsworth had a fucking blast doing this version, doing the dude Thor. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, God, he's walking around wearing a robe. Like, and what's worse is that I've seen his training videos on Instagram. He was still just as buff and cut as he's ever been under that fat suit. And I like it just seems ridiculous that he had, he looked that good, you know, for Men in Black International. But then they put him in a fat suit at Endgame and he was still working his ass off to look good underneath it. Like, you know, you think they would have given the guy like a month off. Go have a couple cheeseburgers. Have a, have a milkshake because you're playing Fat Thor and you don't need to look cut and sexy underneath it. Like, it's fucking ridiculous how hard that guy works. And then he wore a fat suit for the biggest movie, the, the biggest movie ever. Like, it's fucking great. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the next one. We're, the, the the more movies we get in the Marvel Universe, the better. And yeah, Love and Thunder is such a fucking great title, too. It just screams 80s. Like, Yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, it's so good. I'm still standing <laughs> by. Thor Ragnarok was the best He-Man movie we ever got. You're not wrong. So far, yeah, it's it, it pretty much is an almost perfect He-Man movie. All right, last fi- any final <laughs> thoughts on Spider-Man before we shut this down? Going once, twice. I got a suit. How are they going to put home in the next title? Home Alone. <laughs> Spider-Man Home Alone. <laughs> there were a lot of those memes. Grounded at home. Yeah. I don't know. Grounded at home. Uh, Homebound. Confined to the Avengers compound because the city of New York <laughs> is after his head because they think he's a murderer. Yeah, that's the best part. Yeah, the... The, they see they'll see what I want them to see. Anyone else think Mysterio is still alive? Yeah, I didn't know what he was meaning when he said that. Possibly, because mm-hmm. yeah, Mysterio has killed himself in the comics a whole lot, and the last time he actually did kill himself, he still got brought back to life. He's alive right now in Amazing Spider-Man. Basically, like a, a demon brought him back. Yeah. Like, but Quentin Beck as Mysterio has died like forty times, and it's always a fake body. It's always a special effect. It's never the real him. He's he's a master of the escape because he's a special effects genius. So that's why I the, think he's still alive. Yeah, I will say he set that scene up and got that perfect video of Spider-Man murdering him live on camera, and then he didn't escape. Nah, I don't buy it. I think he got out of there. Oh, I mean, the best way that uh, someone described it after we got out of the movie was so Spider-Man's villain was a bunch of disgruntled workers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he had all the other. You know, disgruntled workers. He's dead. Okay, we'll we'll have to see. I don't think he, he is. He might be. Yeah, I I never count Quentin Beck out. I always assume he's coming back. I think it's Myster- setting up something for the Sinister Six formation. Mysterio's motherfucking Trixie. That's what he is. He is motherfucking Trixie. Yeah, well, looking at the time, though, we do need to start shutting this thing down. We do end the show each week with a little segment called What I'm Into. It's our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date just what kind of geeky and or nerdy things we've been getting into so that maybe, just maybe, we can convince you to check them out yourselves. We have about eight minutes before we need to shut down this stream, so we're going to power through it, and I'm going to throw things first to William the Shunned. What do you have for us, Willie? (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'll make this short and sweet. I've just been playing more of Ultimate Alliance, and uh, I got a, a, a Alita, Battle Angel, and Hellboy. Those are both good movies. Those are good movies. I yeah, think. I don't know why. Wait, fucking Hellboy, Hellboy or Hellboy Three, the TV movie? What? Oh, is it the David Harbor Hellboy? Yeah, David Harbor. Oh, yeah. Then I'm less interested because no, it, was, it just it was looks poopy. Good. No, it was good. Interesting. 
Well, you're you're going on an assumption. You're not saying anything like you actually seen it. So your point is invalid. My point is valid enough to go huh, from what I've seen and from what I've it, heard. I don't want to. see I this. had fun with it. It looked like a made-for-TV sequel to two amazing films. I had fun with it. It was a good movie. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Willie. I mean, I wasn't asking much from it other than being enjoyable, and it did that. Hey, good. Cool. Funny. I'll watch it at some point. Yeah, it was good. It was worth it. I'm happy I got it. I'll wait until it hits, it hits HBO. That's my plan. So I'll go next. What I've been getting into uh, work, all sorts of crazy stuff. I'm getting prepped because this week I'm going to go see Queen in Pittsburgh in concert. So I've got to get some stuff together before that. And I have been watching The Boys on Amazon Prime. I will hold off on getting into it very much because Anthony, I'm sure, is going to talk about it. But what I will say is, God damn it, Amazon, get your shit together. Because when you want to watch a 4K version of a show on Amazon Prime, you have to go and look up the 4K version and start watching it that way. It's not like Netflix where I push play and it upscales to 4K if it's available. No. So I started watching The Boys and it gave me the 1080p version. I was like, why is this not in 4K? Oh, because I forgot to go to The Boys and then in parentheses 4K or UHD to watch it. So that was annoying and pissed me off. So instead of going to like The Boys and then having the option to choose 4K... You have to go to a different actual file. Yep, there's a different there's a different uh, listing for the boys in 4K on Amazon Prime than there is for just the boys HD, which is just how it comes across. The boys in HD is just the boys. Yeah, that's a poorly built user interface. Yes, that should just be an option under. There should only be one option for the boys, and yes. it should have all the options listed. So I'm pretty sure I've been watching Good Omens <laughs> in just regular HD instead of 4K, also. So yeah, <laughs> go oh, me. No. Way to not stress my home theater system that I spent tons of money on to be able to do things like this. I've also been playing a little bit of Marvel Ultimate Alliance. And then I don't honestly know what else I've been doing. I've been like in a friggin' time warp and I don't know why. So Where are you at in Ultimate Alliance? Uh, I'm about 30 minutes past where I was last week when we talked about it. So I'm still <laughs> well, I mean, on the raft. Where are you? Still on the raft. Oh, oh Jesus. Yeah, I told you. I haven't <laughs> had a bunch of time to play. But that's what I've been getting into. Anthony, why don't you wrap things up for us? What have you been getting into? Oh, right. I've been watching a bunch of shows. Uh, I watched uh, Netflix and uh, Starbuck back into space. I'm like six or seven episodes into Another Life. Uh, Katie Sackhoff's new sci-fi show on Netflix. Um, fucking fantastic. Uh, an alien probe lands on Earth and builds this giant crystalline structure. We can't figure out what it is or what it's doing, so they send a spaceship uh, headed back to the planet where it came from to try to make first contact, and she's the captain of that ship. And, of course, everything that can possibly go wrong on the trip goes wrong because, well, it's an episodic sci-fi show. And so, yeah, they're they're having a hell of a hard trip across the galaxy in this fucking ship. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's Katie Sackhoff. It kicks ass, and it's fucking well-made sci-fi. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Selma Blair's on it, too. She's really creepy as her, like, social media news character. Like, she's really creepy. Um, but, yeah, that's a really good one. Um, how far did you get on The Boys, Chris? I am uh, finished with episode three right now. Three, okay. So yeah, so you just saw the female or haven't seen the female yet? One of the characters is referred to as the female. I don't think I've seen them yet then. Okay, maybe it's, maybe it's episode four she shows up. But yeah, cause you have Frenchie, you got Mother's Milk, you got Wee Huey, you got Billy the Butcher, and then the fifth member of the boys is the female. Yeah, I haven't met them yet. Okay. I'll put a title on my gender. <laughs> that that the character is mute and so in the book she was referred to as the female until they found her name but um yeah i, I finished the boys yesterday i fucking tore through all 10 or 10 episodes eight episodes whatever it is it's goddamn genius the way they the the, the changes they made for you know bringing it to the show making it you know live action instead of a comic um 
like I I still can't believe they did some of the shit they did. It's one of the most bloody, gruesome shows ever. When A Train runs through Robin, which you know, big surprise, it's in the the preview. Like they made it so grotesque. Um, some of the sex scenes are super creepy because there's lots of just gross stuff going on. But yeah, it's full on the boys, and I love the fact that Amazon did not back away from any of it. It is as graphic and violent and grotesque and insane as the comic was. And a lot of it is literally like Derek Robertson's artwork brought to life. And I love the fact that you actually start the show with artwork he did of the actors as the characters based on his comics that he drew back in the day. And yeah, Homelander's a crazy, insane psychopath. The Deep is a jackass. Like, they, they nailed him. The The acting on the show is fantastic. The the suits, the, the design, the way they do the superpowers... It's just so damn good. And the fact that they got Simon Pegg to play the father of the character that was originally based on him in the comic is just perfect fan service. It's so good. And then, yeah, uh, Carl Urban is Billy the Butcher. I fucking love him. He's so good just being an asshole. And I bet he, he must have had fun shooting the show because he seems like he enjoyed every damn minute of it. And then, yeah, him and Elizabeth Shue, like they're both of them are just top notch kicking ass and having a blast. But yeah, uh, the boys is fantastic. But, I mean, like, it, there's a reason it has every warning possible uh, for the MA warning at the first episode, because it deserves them. It is ultraviolet. It is super graphic. Uh, the Some of the sex scenes in it are insane. But if that's what you're looking for and you actually want to read, you know, see the boys after reading it, it is fucking great. Um, other than that, playing a little Dead by Daylight, a little um, Apex Legends. And then um, I just uh, heard about it the other day. But I wanted to bring it up because for people that don't know about The Boys, uh, The Boys was a book written by Garth Ennis, drawn by um, Derek Robertson, that was so violent and graphic that when DC found out that they were publishing it under their imprint, they canceled it. Because when they first greenlit the book, they didn't know how violent it was going to be and how insane the book was going to be. And so after it was canceled, it was picked up by Dynamite and they finished it and ended up doing, um, I think it was 90 issues total. And right now, there is a Garth Ennis The Boys and More Humble Bundle over on Humble Bundle, where for $1, you can get The Boys Volume 1, Volume 2, and three other uh, books by uh, Garth Ennis, A Train Called Love, The Ninjets, and Just a Pilgrim. For $8 or more, you also get Red Team and Battlefields Volume 1, plus The Boys Volume 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. If you pay $15 or more, you get... Uh, Garth Ennis' Jennifer Blood, Volume 1, 2, and 3, 4, and 5. And then The Boys, Volumes 8 through 12, plus Red Team and two more volumes of Battlefield. So for $15, you can own all 90 issues of The Boys digitally right now on a Humble Bundle. So if you are ever interested in the comic or saw the show and thought maybe you know want to check out the comic, for a dollar you can read the first two volumes. And there's three days left, three days and one hour at this point as of the, the airing of this episode. So you've got until the 31st, I guess, of July to go pick that up. But yeah, it's it's got to be one of the best bundles I've ever seen. Because yeah, every episode, every issue of The Boys for, you know, 12 volumes of the book, everything that was ever published and all the bonus material for $15, that is worth it alone, much less all the other Garth Ennis books you get on top of it. And yeah, he's, he's an insane writer. He's, he's fucking nuts. Some of the stuff that's in the boys is just, whoo, like, you know, using a, the laser eyes out of a baby as a weapon. Like there, there's some crazy shit in the show. 
and I can't wait for everybody to finish watching it because, goddamn, they go way overboard. And I love it because it's literally the stuff that was in the comics. And the comic was that crazy. I didn't know if Amazon was actually going to have the balls to go full-blown and do the boys, and they did. And I hope Garth and Derek are just loving it because the show is its pure viol- pure joy of violence. Like, if you want to see violence and revenge, this is the show. <laughs> watching watching a, a Justice League that's full of psychopaths that do whatever they want because they know they're the most powerful people on the planet, it's just insane. But yeah, that's what I've been getting into. Well, guys, I think this wraps up another installment of the podcast. Then don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central over on Geeks.Live. That is the streaming home of the Gunna Geek Network. But before we shut this thing down, you guys have any final thoughts for us? Some parting thoughts? Anything like that? Uh, I did forget one thing. If they make Funko Pops of New Warriors, I'm going to buy them. I got a Richard Ryder. That's a great my- comic book villain right there. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> He's not a villain. That rule went away so long ago. Y'all just like fucking elephants. Well, you should have made the rule in the first place. Yeah, I had the rule and then I got rid of it. Pray he doesn't get rid of it further. I don't know. Trying to go Darth Uh, Vader. Why would I care if he did? I I don't know. You got any final thoughts for us, Willie, before we shut this down? Do I ever? Sometimes you do. I mean, it's been known to happen. You know what? I'm just going to be shunned along here. Don't forget to shun the Willie Nelson. Shun him a lot. We will see you all again next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern to 9 a.m. Central over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us at atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.